Fighting for the Underdog, the podcast that follows the tales of compassion and bravery of animal rights activists all over the world. My name is Hannah Grant, and I'm the Administrative Assistant and Social Outreach Director at the Animal Law Firm. I will be taking over as a guest host for our lead attorney and founder, Christina Bergson, in order to create more content for our lovely viewers. As I interviewed these amazing people, I was truly inspired by the common theme of hope that they give to underdogs everywhere. They taught me that sometimes the greatest power an underdog possesses is never giving up hope. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Today, we have Scott Wendelberger, Marketing and Community Outreach Manager at the recently rebranded NoCo Humane. NoCo Humane is an independent nonprofit working to further the compassionate, safe, and responsible relationship between animals and people. I personally volunteer at the Larimer campus and adopted my little hamster Coco there, so it holds a special place in my heart. So thanks for being our guest today, Scott. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, we can just dive right in then. Can you tell us about the rebrand? Why did it happen? And just what is NoCo Humane? Well, in short, NoCo Humane is your community partner for comprehensive animal welfare services in Northern Colorado. We own and operate two animal shelters, one in Loveland and the other in Evans. And as you referred to it um, in the beginning, the Loveland shelter will be known as the Larimer Campus and then respectively Evans Shelter as our Weld Campus. In terms of the rebrand itself, I can dive into the origins a bit and how NoCo Humane came to be. Um, so starting earlier this year, as early as January, the leadership at Humane Society of Weld County reached out to our leadership and asked for assistance as they were experiencing some hardships. Uh, for starters, it was difficult for them to keep up with the growing demands of the community. Being the fastest growing county in Colorado, uh, Weld County is home to seven of the state's 14 fastest growing municipalities between July 1st, 2020 and July 1st, 2022. So that, that's a, that was a big problem just with um, the population growing ever so much and ever so quickly. And along with people comes pets. And so in addition are the subsequent increases in the pet population and then also we've all experienced the economic hardships this year. So they were experiencing declining revenues and then also the, their facility as a whole was posing some limitations. So when we got their call, um, our leadership of course stepped up, wanted to support and did so in some in-kind ways, providing supplies, counsel, animal transfer and animal intake assistance as their shelter had a hard time keeping up. Um, in addition to their hardships, Weld Humane experienced a disease outbreak in early 2023. And so this just straight up halted their ability to accept new animals for a period of time. And so rightfully so, residents of Weld County um, were not able to turn in a stray animal or to surrender their pet um, to their local shelter um, during that specific time period. And then they came over to Larimer Humane Society, uh, formerly known as. And this is when we saw a significant increase in animals coming to our shelter from Weld County. In fact, roughly 25% of our intake in March was from Weld County. As the year went on, uh, their needs became more dire and the reality of having to make a big move in order to maintain animal welfare services at the level that they envisioned in Weld County became part of the conversation. Their board of directors worked with our board of directors on a plan that would work for both organizations. Uh, we came up with a plan and on June 6th, this past summer, we announced that the Humane Society of Weld County will dissolve its organization on October 2nd. And on that same day, transfer its assets to Larimer Humane Society, including the shelter in Evans. Um, so we planned for a four month transition period, you know, June to October just knowing that we would need the time to prepare and get everything we needed to ready for the shelter in Evans. Um, Cause we wanted to make sure that when the, the shelter in Evans now referred to as our Weld campus was up and ready, that it was functioning successfully. You know, it just wasn't just there, but it was um, there ready to serve the community in a meaningful way. So we used those four months to make modifications to the Weld campus, just get it um, in a little better shape in time for opening. We started hiring um, employees to work at the Weld campus. And so 
we would hire them during the summer. They'd come here to Larimer campus and get trained up. And then they were ready to go over to Weld campus on October 2nd. And then of course, another big project during this time was the rebrand, um, deciding on our new logo, our new name, um, getting everything on social media and the website switched over to reflect our new brand. And so they, those were, uh, those four months were, were fully packed, lots to do. And uh, we're here now, we're on the other side of October 2nd and things are going well and smoothly, um, but just having to continue to stay on our feet and make sure that we are uh, providing comprehensive services to the community. Wow, okay, awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think that it's so good to talk about topics like this because obviously it's not super common, but it does happen. I actually interned at Hawaiian Humane Society this summer, which they just built a second campus. So it's a little different um, in terms of different challenges and such. But um, I do see this happening. So I think it's um, really interesting to just hear how you go about it. And I feel like you have all done such a good job um, with taking on this whole new project, this whole new shelter. So, um, so yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, it's true. There, there is a lot of shifts and moves being made um, around uh, respectfully. Um, for us, when it was presented to us, I know that it was, for me, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I want to be part of this transition. I want to support and help Well County with their animal welfare services because the animals need us. The, you know, the pets in that region uh, need us, along with their humans, need these animal welfare services. And so, um, well, we knew that it was going to be just an enormous undertaking, especially in the amount of time that's not normal. It, it's usually about a 10 to 12 month process to facilitate a rebrand alone, getting the new logo, the new colors, figuring out your, you know, everything around it that you want your look to be. And we did it in four months. <laughs> and so at, at the same time, um, getting everything up to speed for the Evans shelter. So just knowing back in May and June when this was percolating, knowing how big of a feat this would be, it really, the size and the amount of the challenge didn't really um, matter to us other than figuring out how we need to take care of it because we knew that in the end it was going to help support and care for more animals that needed us. Yes, absolutely. And obviously, I, I both shelters have similar missions. So that is something I wanted to talk about, though, actually. Um, what is your collective mission now? Totally. So yeah, you opened with it. Um, our mission is to further the compassionate, safe and responsible relationship between animals and people. And so that's for, for all of NOCO Humane, uh, Larimer Campus, Weld Campus, it's all part of the same and that's all one encompassing mission. Okay, perfect. So we'll definitely get into some of the challenges of of combining the shelters and such and the rebrand and everything later on. Um, but I was hoping to just get a brief introduction to you as well. So could you explain what your current role is at NOCO Humane and then how you got started working in animal welfare in general? Yeah, totally. So my position is a marketing and community outreach program manager. I started here um, about two Junes ago. So June, early June of 2022. And um, I have a background in communications. I studied mass communications at a, a small private school in Illinois called Principia. And um, just from there, I uh, was very interested in the communications world. I worked at a radio station for a little bit. Um, I did some internships and some videography, photography, design work. Um, but at the end of the day, I was really drawn to mission work in general. And um, out of college, um, I worked at an organization in Boulder County called Imagine that has services for individuals with developmental disabilities. And along with working directly with the clients and assisting them in a therapeutic recreational program, I also was given some communications uh, tasks and duties. So I was helping populate content on their social media pages, putting together articles for the employee newsletter. And then a few years later, actually um, the PR coordinator role at Imagine opened up and I applied for that. 
and jumped over. And so I was able to work for the same organization and the same mission, but then um, uh, with my communications background. And so I did that for five years. I was at Imagine for a total of 12 years and um, loved the organization. There just wasn't really anywhere to move up from there. And I saw the opening at um, Laramie Humane Society, uh, NOCO Humane now, and uh, and jumped on it. And it's it's just been incredibly rewarding to use my my skills, my education, um, all to support the animals. It's I think I take it for granted sometimes, um, or, or the opposite of that. I, I think that I'm so used to mission work, um, to working for nonprofits that um it, i don't think that i would want it any other way um to for to sit down at the desk and to have it to um directly help a dog or a cat uh, an animal in our care uh, find a loving home uh that's that that's just what helps me sleep at night so been really fortunate to find this role um as a way to use my skills and background for this purpose and um yeah that <laughs> did that answer your question yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing. I always think it's so interesting because animal welfare, especially, is such a field where people come from all different backgrounds. And so I always think it's so interesting to hear how people ended up in the positions they're in. So that's awesome. Totally. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. Yeah. Kind of on that note, I was just curious, what's been your favorite part about working with in like the animal welfare sector instead of in the people welfare? <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I think favorite moments here, um, favorite things to do. I mean, it, it has to be just getting the media um, of the animals directly. Uh, yesterday, for example, um, well, over the weekend, I was at the grocery store and I, I picked up some pumpkins. And then yesterday I brought the pumpkins into the photo room and our volunteer photographer um came and uh, we just hand selected a few of the animals from our adoptions floor and invited them into the room and, and took their photos with the pumpkins and the props for being, you know, fall and Halloween. And, and also as a way to support them in getting adopted, putting fresh, clean pictures on the website and promoting them on social media and all that. So I noticed that um, it's usually every Thursday morning. I, we happen to do this Monday afternoon yesterday. But every Thursday morning for an hour, I do this with my volunteer. And I find that after that hour, I sit down at my desk and I just feel full. My my cup just feels full. Um, I, I just feel good. And, to, and of course, uh, interacting with a cuddly, cute puppy, kitten, dog, cat, that can never go wrong with that. Um, but just to be able to interact directly um, with the animals, with what we say to be our mission is uh, is very rewarding for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's I'm, I'm totally going to look at the pictures immediately after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. And it also just helps them get adopted faster. So that's just so exciting. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Kind of on that note, coming from your like communications background and having different skills, how do you feel that you make a difference in your industry? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I think you said it. I think everyone who comes from their own background just has a unique voice, a unique perspective. Uh, when we bring those together, we're able to find a common goal. So for me, um, with with my voice and where I've come, the the past that I've traveled, I think that I'm able to just bring a, a different uh, design flavor uh, to our graphics, um, to our publications. We do have uh, help with some of our design work outside of the organization and. Uh, we also have a certain way we like things to look. Um, but when I came in, um, oh, for example, I have uh, a lot of experience creating videos, producing uh, just short videos. And I did this a lot at Imagine, my last job, and I've been doing it here at the shelter as well. Um, and we recently just hosted our 25th annual Top Cat and Tails Gala, which is our, our big fundraiser gala. Um, to support the animals and I created a couple of, of videos for that and um, that is a skill that I believe I bring to the table that is unique um, than what this organization has had in the past you know and, unless they're contracting it out but this is a skill um, I really enjoy telling stories through video 
um, showing interesting and creative camera angles and having the, the interviews really come out and, and color in the lines to tell the story. And so that's a, just a big passion of mine. And that's something I really was able to sink my teeth into um, this past fall and last year uh, to support the gala in creating this media that in turn, uh, in hopefully, you know, inspires our guests uh, to support the animals even more <laughs> while they're there at the gala. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something that I bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. The video work is definitely, I mean, it's all beautiful. I've seen it. Um, so mm. that's, super awesome because I know not all shelters have the people or the resources to do that or contract that out. So um, I do think that's super unique. Nice. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, kind of shifting a bit, I wanted to ask what services you offer at NOCO Humane and which services will, uh, will they all be offered at both locations or just how will that work? Yeah, that's a great question. So there are a little differences in terms of our service delivery between the two campuses. Um, Larimer campus, for starters, um, we of course have adoptions. Um, so seven days of the week, you can come in during our business hours and adopt an animal um, into your care. And then on the other side of the shelter um, is our intake services. And so that's when someone is um, if they need to turn in a stray animal that they found, or if it's a pet of their own that they've realized they just can't take care of anymore and they make that really hard decision to bring them to our shelter, we offer that um, reclaiming your pet. So lost and found, if your dog gets out of the house, gets loose and ends up here at the shelter, um, you know, you can come pick them up here. And uh, we have microchipping services here. Uh, you can bring your pet in and get them microchipped and registered as well. Um, so on the note of when your pet gets lost, uh, our animal protection and control services and officers who are um, here in the same building at NOCO Humane, they say that microchipping and licensing your pet is the best way to get them home if they ever get lost. So just a quick PSA for those who don't have your your dogs or your cats microchipped, highly recommend it. Um, so we offer um, the microchipping services. We uh, offer end of life services. So uh, for those who um, feel that it's, you know, it's time to put their loved pet down, which I know is so hard to do. Um, but when that time comes, we do offer that service for you to bring your pet here for that. And um, we have, um, we have uh, services that are tailored to supporting our youth um, and creating youth opportunities. We have a humane education department and every summer we host three, uh, what we call critter camp sessions. That's sort of our, our day summer camp sessions for um, the age groups range between seven and 12. And, and I think they separate them out just within that group. We offer uh, presentations um, at your classroom. If uh, your teacher would like us to come in and give a presentation on uh, wildlife and how to be safe around wildlife or how to better understand a dog's behavior so you know when it's maybe time to give it some space or when you could possibly walk up to it and offer a hand for a pet, you know, things like that that our youth um, and our young ones are, are still learning and, and getting used to. Um, so we have humane education services. We launched our uh, our very first puppy socialization classes available to the public this past spring in March, uh, where we hosted, um, I think it was about eight puppy parents and their, their new puppies to the class who were uh, led by our qualified certified professional dog trainer in our, um, who was also, who was also our behavior supervisor. And uh, just supported them with creating a, a good relationship with their puppy, um, getting those commands and, and just those routines down, strengthening that animal-human bond. And uh, so that went really well. That was, a, I believe, a six-week session. And we were hoping to do, um, you know, puppy socialization classes 2.0. But then, of course, in May and June, um, this opportunity to uh take over the humane society of well county came about and uh, we've we've been a little busy since then uh but we do hope to um 
offer another socialization puppy class uh, to the community in the next year or so. Okay, great. I was just going to ask if the humane education programs and the puppy socialization classes um, cost anything. Oh, great question. Yeah, the the humane education opportunities, there are some price points there for Critter Camp. um, There is a a fee um, to help offset some of the costs we have over here uh, for enrolling your child. Um, For the school presentations, I'm not sure about that. I'd I'd have to get back to you on that. Um, The puppy socialization classes, yes, that we did um, charge a small fee for that. And I'm looking at our website. It was $160 total for all six classes and all of the uh, literature that went with it. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, all that money is supporting the shelter. So it's for a good cause. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. And then, um, are so which of those services are offered at the Weld location then? Yeah, great question. So in terms of Weld Campus, Um, We have a lot of the same staple services, so adoption services, um, intake services. You can bring in a um, a stray or a lost pet. Uh, You can rehome your your very own pet if you need to do so. And also offering lost and found services for those who um, need to reclaim their pet. If if they end up at Weld Campus, they can come to that shelter and, and pick their pet up. Um, We do at some point want to offer end-of-life services at this campus, um, but due to just resources, um, that service is just not available at this time at Will Campus. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure it'll just take time for those things to to get in place. Totally, yeah. Okay, awesome. Would you mind explaining what volunteer opportunities you have for people? Yeah, so volunteer opportunities... That's a great question and honestly, a pretty easy answer. Anything under the sun that you would like to do and help us out at here at either shelter, we are all ears. Of course, we have all the positions laid out on our website. Anything from walking the dogs to cuddling with the cats to, you know, helping with mealtime to helping back in our veterinary clinics, um, helping our, our veterinarians with what they're doing to as much as coming upstairs to our admin offices and helping with data entry or um, stuffing envelopes, Um, you know, getting ready for the gala. We had a lot of little tasks like that to get done and volunteers were up here helping with that. So pretty much anything you can think of that an animal shelter (laughs) would have their hands in doing. If that's something that anyone is interested in helping with that, you know, that's awesome. Uh, We have someone here who volunteers in our facilities and maintenance department. And he once a week comes in and helps out with little projects um, on the property. So there's things like that. And anyone who's interested in in doing something that they're not sure of, um, feel free to email us and let us know. But at the same time at nocohumane.org under get involved and volunteer, we have all of the the positions laid out and, and ways in which you can help us out. Okay, great. And what's the best way for people to find your organization? And would you mind including social media as well? Yeah, totally. So nocohumane.org, N-O-C-O, humane.org, and is our website. And that's the best place to start in terms of finding the information you need and opportunities you want to be part of. And uh, for social media, same thing. Nocohumane for Facebook, for Instagram, for X. Twitter. I have a hard time saying X these days. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and YouTube. Um, in terms of finding us on those respective platforms, Instagram is the only one that we haven't fully uh, rebranded. And so that one still says uh, Humane Society of Weld County's Instagram has yet to be flipped over. Um, but you can find us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube all by just searching no co-humane. Okay, great. And then for Instagram and social media in general, will there be one account or will there be two separate accounts for the two campuses? Yeah, great question. There will be one account. Uh, For now, we are having two accounts just to help with the transition process and for everyone who likes and follows the old Instagram account, um, you know, we don't just want to get rid of them and kick them to the curb and hope they 
they find the real page. Um, we're going to put some content on up there and, and just slowly transition people from that page to uh, what will be the only page on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. Okay, perfect. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a little break here and we can come back and talk some more. Sounds good. Thanks, Anna. Hi, everybody. We're back with Scott Wendelberger, Marketing and Community Outreach Manager at NOCO Humane, and we're going to keep on talking about his work at the shelter. So what were some of the greatest challenges or are some of the greatest challenges that the organization has faced with taking on a new county and a shelter? Yeah, uh, great question. Loaded question. Um, (laughs) I think for starters, the biggest challenge has just been the timeline that we've had uh, to do all this on. Um, As mentioned earlier, a a rebrand in and of itself is usually like a 10 to 12 month process, just making sure that you're transitioning from one brand to the next seamlessly. And we did it in four months, uh, just kind of because we were forced to. Um, that was the timeline in which we were given. And so working hard to during the summer of 2023, just to get all of our ducks in a row, uh, we were holding uh, weekly, bi-weekly meetings um, in different regards, uh, just with these giant um, poster boards. Um, and then our, we would write on them, you know, with all the different categories, all the different things that we needed to have ready for Weld Campus on October 2nd. And just to see it, you know, it's usually all in our head or it's on like some big PDF spreadsheet on the computer. But to be there on the window on these multiple uh, poster boards, everything that was needed to be done from, you know, fundraising to our standard um, operating procedures to our volunteer program to the software systems we use, everything just needed to be, you know, control C copied and then pasted into this new shelter. And while that works very well on the keyboard, it was <laughs> a little more challenging in real life. So um, just in general, it, it had its own challenge. I think looking forward, one thing that we um, really wanna sink our teeth into and make sure we're thorough about is just interacting and engaging with um, our, our new community, our, our new base of pet owners, of people, of volunteers, of workers, of donors, and everyone. and Anyone and everyone who wants to, who has some interest in animal welfare, has some interest in pets and animals and all, all, you know, you name it, we would love for them to be um, part of our mission and and what we're doing. And so we know that that takes time. It'll take patience. Um, It'll take careful communication, strategic communication, just making sure that we are Um, engaging our audience in the way that we want to. This all right now is happening very fast. Um, It's happening quickly, um, but we don't want this to get away from us and want to make sure that we're, we're really investing our time um, and our ears, our our, our listening ears to um, our new community and understanding what, what it, what is it that they want um, in animal welfare services in their community. You know, maybe there's a service that we're not accustomed to providing that they, you know, if, if we offer a poll, you know, that that is some other thing that we then decide to establish and bring up about, you, you know, we don't know. It's That's all for the future to tell. Um, but nonetheless, we're here to collaborate with and listen to our new community. Absolutely. Well, with such a short timeline, what were some things that made the transition easier or at least possible? Yeah, that's a funny question. I think um, because we had a shorter amount of time, um, all of our decisions were very thorough, you know, and 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 well intended, and it, it's what we wanted. But I think because of the shorter timeline, just to give us that little kick in the pants, you got to make that decision today, or you got to make that decision tomorrow. Or if you don't make that decision today, then next week's meeting is, is going to be harder. So it, it just kept us on task. It was either get on the train or get run over by the train. That was sort of my mentality this past summer is it, the train's moving, you know, just get on board and, and go with it. And so it, it was very challenging to, to cram it all, especially in preparing for a gala around the same time that has its own uh, share of work. And so um, it, it just was a matter of, 
uh, let's let's hunker down, focus, and and make this happen. Absolutely. Well, you all did a great job, and I know there's a lot of work to go, but it from an outsider perspective, oh, a little bit insider perspective, it's uh, you've done a great job. So, well, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Obviously, there are innumerable amounts of misconceptions about animal welfare, but what is one common misconception about your organization or just the industry in general that you run into a lot? Yeah, um, this is one, not so much about animal welfare, but just our identity. Um, We often get confused for being part of the county, for being um, a direct government service. Uh, which is not the case. We are our own private organization. We have our own 5013C class license as a nonprofit. And so um, we actually were thinking, we kind of had it on our radar to rebrand in the next year or two anyway, because we were just constantly um, being called Larimer County Humane Society which we totally get it. You know, it rolls off the tongue. It makes sense. It's Larimer County and we're Larimer Humane Society, um, but we did want, we do want it to be known that we are our own private entity and organization, and such as with us taking over the Humane Society of Weld County, that remains. It's not that we're all of a sudden now part of Weld County, or um, Weld County is, you know, merging with Larimer County. It, um, this is all just part of the, the nonprofit business. Um, on that note, another, this isn't so much animal welfare, but something, um, that we run into is this transition technically was not a merger. I know that's sort of the easy way to describe, uh, two companies essentially becoming one. Um, but the Humane Society of Weld County did officially dissolve as an organization and on the same day transferred their, their assets to us. And so not so much a merger, um, but, uh, you know, very much um, just in the same way, um, stepping up and in, in supporting animal welfare in Northern Colorado. Um, some other misconceptions. I think that's about it for me. I, I think in terms of animal welfare misconceptions, I think our behavior team or our veterinarian um, services team members uh, might have a better uh, perspective on that um, but in terms of the optics and what we look like that that's more my my niche yeah absolutely I those are things that I can definitely see being confusing so I'm glad that you touched on those um, and it's stuff you don't normally get to address so um, so I'm glad that we talked about that okay awesome well this is kind of a broad question so you can take it whatever direction you'd like but what is one important lesson that your organization has taught you so far Yeah, I love that. Uh, For me, it has been the importance of just being there, being open and being present for the community. So for this, you know, our adoption services and our intake services run seven days a week. And um, on the days that we need to close, whether it's for a staff meeting or we're running an event or, um, you know, for some reason, And we see those people who need our services or want them and come and aren't able to use them because of that particular day. It just shows me how important it is that we are open seven days a week when we can be to provide these services for the community because you just never know when someone is going to need a place to bring a stray cat or is going to need a place to bring, um, you know, a, a dog that doesn't have a home. And um, or even if it's their own pet, you know, they're, they're really struggling and have a, having a hard time and nowhere else to turn. And they ask us for assistance or ask us to care for their pet. Um, we will. And so just to be there, I know it's, it's a bit cliche, um, but the importance of um, being open and present and ready to serve the community is I think that is extremely important in terms of communicating to the community how much we value this work and how much we value their time and um, who they are in this community. And we always want to be there um, to support our pets and people in the community. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, life has no timeline. Things are happening all the time. And I think that's important to note, too, because not all shelters have the resources or the ability to be open seven days a week. So that's super unique. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, on a similar note, for people that are interested in entering the animal welfare field, do you have any advice? Yeah, I think um, I I have a a unique perspective because I'm someone who didn't uh, study animal welfare or come, you know, from the up through the ranks um, in this industry and field in general, kind of came from left field in in my own background and experience uh, for this mission. And I think in terms of entering this field, what really threw me up, I I have been around animals all my life. I've, I've heard the stories. I've, I've heard the bad stories, the good stories, um, you know, things that make you cringe. And I just didn't think it would be a problem for me. But working here, I have grown quite the sensitive soul in terms of an animal's well-being and um, seeing them in their kennels. I walk down the hall, it can create a, a tender spot in my heart. Um, and for me, it, it actually kind of took some time and some meditation for me to get clear on that for myself and to feel secure in caring for these animals who, you know, may not have um, the best stories to talk about. And at the end of the day, they're here, they're at the shelter, they're in a safe space, cared for warm blanket, nourishment, um, qualified staff and volunteers who want nothing but the best for them. And while it can be sad to walk down that hallway and see them, um, especially um, at the end of the day, it's uh, that's what I remind myself of. And then oftentimes I'll look on the computer the next day or the next week and, you know, maybe that animal in particular got adopted. So it's um, for me, I think what I would say to someone interested in entering this field is it's not as sad as you may think. Because um, I almost every time I'm, you know, you're talking to someone out in the community and they ask, oh, what do you do? And I tell them I work at the shelter. And almost every time I get the response, oh my gosh, I could never work there because I would want to take all the animals home. And I get it. I, I'm, I'm starting to get that because it's that sensitivity, tenderness, I feel. Um, but I, anyone who feels that that may be a detriment to working in this field um, and think that they, you know, they might not be secure enough for that, I, um, I, I just want to say, try it, go for it. Because at the end of the day, the reward is so much greater. And B, I think that we're all stronger than we make ourselves out to be. And that when we really dig in and look at the the, the heart of the matter, um, at, at the end of the day, it, it'll be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I, I you know, yeah, yeah, you think you want to take every animal home, but in a way you're helping every animal get a home. So it's, you, there's reward in no matter what area you're working in in the shelter. So, um, yeah, that's definitely great advice. Okay, awesome. Well, I like to end it on a little bit positive note. So we made it to my cheesy question, but what is your best tip for making the world a better place? My best tip for making the world a better place. You know, it's uh, you can either go small with this one and say, be sure to smile or you can go big (laughs) with this one and you can say work at a nonprofit. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Whatever direction you want to take it. Well, mine's, mine's maybe a little on the the simpler side. And, um, but I'll say my best tip for making the world a better place really is to reuse and recycle. I know it may sound a little cheesy and cliche, but there's so many opportunities to recycle, to reuse items, to donate, to get more mileage out of a certain thing, and just to, um, you know, limit the amount of stuff going into our landfills. And I, I truly do think that um, our society has gotten a little a little cluttery, um, both mentally and physically, and, and just a, a lot of stuff. And so... I think it'd be great um, if we all made the collective effort just to reuse and recycle more. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that definitely plays into the shelter world as well, just with donations and everything. Like people don't think about things that they could be donating instead of throwing away. Obviously, you don't want just everyone's garbage at the shelter either, but um, calling or looking online to see what you can donate before 
Um, I think that's really helpful. That's a great point. Yeah, we have a contribute supplies webpage on our website, nocohumane.org. And there's a, a long list of items on there that um, we accept for donations. And some of those are reusable items, you know, the towels, the blankets, which we don't always accept. You'll have to check our website um, pending. But um, yeah, that, that's a great point. Yeah, look, um, where could this item um, be better served other than the trash can? And I think your your local animal shelter is a is a great place to consider. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Well, kind of wrapping up a bit, what are some of the biggest things you're looking forward to in the future? Yeah, great question. So uh, fresh off of the rebrand uh, a couple of weeks ago, officially becoming no co-humane. There's just a lot of things. Uh, there's a few things in the pipeline that we're looking forward to establishing and creating, especially for the Weld Campus. So we talked earlier about wanting to engage with um, Weld County and that uh, community that is new to us over there. Um, and so in the new year, still grassroots phase, still um, talking about this as a team, but we would like to put together an event for Weld County that brought the community together just to celebrate, um, you know, animals, our pets, animals in need, animal welfare, all of that great stuff, just supporting and honoring the animals in need in our community. Uh, just as a kind of a night, you know, we do um, a handful of events uh, in Larimer County for NoCo Humane or formerly Larimer Humane Society. And so we would like to slowly, um, but we'd like to start um, by offering similar events in, in Weld County because we think that's just a great way to um, get to know each other, uh, understand each other's interests, common interests, and especially as we work together for this common mission and goal. And so we'll be putting together an event in advance. Sorry, <laughs> no details to share here. Uh, we're still <laughs> um, neck deep in, in all the other things via rebrand. Um, but um, information to come on that in the new year. Um, we would like to offer some pop-up clinics um, by way of our veterinarian services. And so this is something we don't really do um, in Larimer County, just because there's another um, uh, animal welfare organization that offers uh, pop-up clinics. Um, but there isn't another organization outside of, well now no co-humane Weld Campus in Weld County to do these. And so as time goes on, we would like to um, create these opportunities that allow uh, the local community, um, pet owners and their pets to come to these little pop-up clinics. Not sure how it'll look, maybe, it, you know, right outside the shelter or, or we'll have some cool vehicle to allow us to provide the service, but maybe it's a spay-neuter surgery or another month it's a certain vaccination. Um, just offering uh, medical care um, within reason uh, to our community um, pet owners who may not otherwise be able to afford that. And lastly, kind of on that topic, we would also like NoCo Humane Weld Campus to serve as a community pet pantry um, in Weld County. So um, anyone can drop off uh, donated food, goods, pet supplies um, at that shelter at Weld Campus. And then we will create a system that allows people in need to come and, and pick up uh, food for their pets. That way, you know, we make sure that um, every pet as much as possible in the community um, has what they need. Okay, great. Yeah, that's super exciting. I'm, I'm so excited for everything that's to come. So what is the best way for our listeners to support you and to support NoCo Humane? Awesome. Yeah, well, you can start by going to nocohumane.org and we have a nice... Uh, green donate button right there in the top <laughs> right of the screen and anytime someone donates that is directly supporting the animals in our care um, so that is a, a perfect way to support us um, adopting an animal uh, sharing a facebook post about an animal that is up for an adoption um, volunteering i think um, showing up to um, attending an event that we're putting on or that a community partner is putting on on behalf of us. Uh, there's just a lot of ways to engage and be part of our community and uh, what we offer for um, Northern Colorado. 
And I think just engaging alone in a way, uh, the way I see it is that support, you know, you're, you're being part of the bigger picture. Um, you're being present. And at the end, at the end of the day, I think that that is support uh, for animals. So yeah, just hop on our website and find an event that looks good for you, looks fun for you or something down later in the year, or um, maybe there's an activity, a, a pet supply drive. There's um, a lot of different activities going on in Northern Colorado, um, thanks to community partners who sponsor or host events on behalf of NOCO Humane. And so they offer a lot of opportunities to engage and support as well. Another great way to support NOCO Humane, um, also by going to our website, nocohumane.org. And at the top of the menu there, there's a tab that says ways to give. And if you click that first um, sub menu item, ways to give again, we have an, a nice a mirage of uh, different ways that you can support us, such as giving from your IRA or donating stock or donating your vehicle, um, shopping for a cause at King Supers, uh, little things like that. So yeah, go to nocohumane.org, ways to give, and there's some good options on here for you. Absolutely. Those are all great options. So I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned all of those. So, okay, awesome. Well, is there anything you'd like our audience to know that I haven't thought to ask you? You know, since you asked, one thing that we run into in, in terms of a misperception, we talked about the difference between being part of the government, the county, and being our own nonprofit. Um, another thing that I, I always like to share is that animal control services in uh, Fort Collins and Larimer County um, is actually run by um, us, by NOCO Humane. So our um, animal protection and control officers are embedded into the framework of, of our organization, NOCO Humane. And um, we have contracts with the city of Fort Collins, Loveland, uh, Berthid, Timnath, and then um, some other Northern Colorado communities and also unincorporated Larimer County. And those contracts vary in terms of the types of services that we offer for them. Uh, for example, um, I'm blanking on which municipality this pertains to, but for one of the contracts, um, it's just a sheltering contract. And so they have their own animal control services, but then when they have a stray animal that needs a place to be, um, they can bring them here. And so that's part of the, the contract and what we've already agreed upon. Um, for other jurisdictions, as big as Fort Collins, Lovelands, unincorporated Larimer County, our animal protection and control officers are providing, um, you know, comprehensive animal control services for these communities. So we have officers out there. Um, we have uh, dispatchers ready to take people's calls, ready to support as needed. And so that's uh, this is kind of a unique model. Um, you see this down south in Colorado Springs, uh, the Humane Society of Pikes Peak region has a similar model to this, to where their animal control services are part of their organization. Um, this is a, a unique model, but one that we're seeing um, come to be more and more as time goes on. And for us, we just really like this setup because it's putting the, the professionals in animal welfare in control of the animal control services. And so that's not to downplay or to you know, say anything not nice about um, animal control services that are not a part of their local animal shelter. Every, every service provider is different. For us, we've just found that it works really well to have all of the animal welfare professionals and services under the same roof um, in terms of efficiency and collaboration and um, the problem solving and just being able to support one another. And because of this, since they're under the same building, I'm now able to go downstairs and talk to the director of our animal protection and control and say, hey, are there any stories I could share? Or is there anything that, you know, that I could put on our, our social media, uh, which would be harder to do if it was a third party. So um, that's something that is unique to our organization in our animal shelter or, or both shelters. And so to sort of expound on that, now with the rebrand and the transition into this expansion into Weld County, um, we will have some contracts with them, um, some sheltering contracts, but Weld County Animal Control Services are, are still um, alive and strong and doing their thing. Um, and so we don't know what this will look like uh, down the line in several years. Um, 
but our APC, our animal protection and control are just doing the full fledged services um, that we originally had. And then we created some sheltering contracts for Weld County. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think it's important to kind of break down that misconception of or perception of people seeing animal protection services as just like dog catchers um, in quotation marks. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's really good to to break that down and um, see how helpful they are and how much they can educate the community as well as support the shelters. So um, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Yeah, totally. Our, um, one of our animal protection and control officers was invited to an elementary school's vehicle day this past spring where fire trucks and police cars and ambulances were there for kids to, you know, climb on and check it out. And one of our officers was there with the, the animal control van and it had the kennel that was in there uh, for when they do end up um, transferring a dog to a different location. And so it was just really, you know, you mentioned that um, talking about the officers, it, there is an unfortunate uh, stigma, I think, against officers being quote unquote dog catchers and just wanting to control the animal. Um, but for our officers, and I know for a lot of officers in the U.S., that's just not the case. Um, very kind, loving, um, empathetic people who want nothing best for the animals. And, and so it was really great to see that in action. I was able to go to this vehicle day at the elementary school and take some photos. And this officer was just engaging and interacting with the kiddos on such a fun level. They had these great questions. You know, a, a lot of kids know animals, they have pets. And so it's something they can relate to. And so to be able to, to talk about it in a more, you know, quote unquote, professional setting to help educate the, the kiddos uh, about this um, this different way of interacting with animals. It's, uh, it's really great to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. It sounds adorable also, but, um, <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? That is everything. Okay. Yeah, awesome. th thank you so much for the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining me today. Awesome. Thanks, Hannah. This was a pleasure. such an inspiring interview. I learned so much and I hope you did too. If you were moved as much as I was and want to support this amazing organization, please visit our website at theanimallawfirm.com and check out our merch page as all profits from merchandise go towards supporting the guests on the show or follow the links to donate to this organization directly. If you want to support the podcast, please share us on social media and give us a five-star review. Anything helps. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, fellow underdogs.